Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo! Ha ha! Another beautiful day in the Lord. Man, I hope you're blessed. I hope you are blessed. I hope you know that you're blessed because if you are a believer, if you've given your life to Christ, you are blessed. So it's not a matter of I hope you are blessed. It's a matter of I hope you realize that you are blessed and that you walk in that blessedness. All right, so I ran out of time when we were together last time, um, and I really want to share uh, some of these stories because, uh, remember, intercession, um, the aspect that I'm sharing from is from my own personal experience, and it's from my book, Reflections on Intercession, which is a... um, uh, a book about my personal experience in intercession, hoping to impart to you a better understanding, a more deep and meaningful understanding of intercessory prayer, intercession, and what it means to walk in this. Again, if you are a believer, you are called to a place of intercession. So when I spoke to you last time, um, I began talking, sharing with you uh, something that happened to me. This was... Um, several years, many years ago now, uh, I always feel so much older, but many years ago, and it was my first experience with this, and and this girl had said, she's 17 years old, she was with her high school youth group, um, and we were uh, on the mission field together, they were from a church uh, up in Kentucky, Um, she was the adopted daughter of a pastor and his wife, um, from a, a missionary Baptist church, a Southern Baptist church up in Kentucky. Uh, I believe it might have been a missionary Baptist church. Either way, it doesn't matter. Um, that's aside from the point. But I said, well, then we probably need to talk. So we went and sat down to talk um, in full view of all the other youth. They were and their leaders and whatnot. But we were kind of off to the side where we could talk and I could hear her or listen to her and she could share with me in some uh, uh, confidence of what was going on. So she began to share with me. She was uh, uh, um, yeah, I almost said her name. But anyway, this young lady, she began to share with me that she, her birth mother and father, her birth father uh, was, a, was a voodoo priest and her mother was a prostitute. And she was conceived to be given to Satan as a bride, a princess. She was, she was conceived as an offering to Satan. And the name she was given, uh, her native name, meant Satan's princess. So... You know, I'm kind of, my eyes are huge listening to this. She was from Central America. She was given the name Satan's Princess. Um, Her mother eventually died and she was placed in an orphanage. And and on a mission trip, this Baptist church, this Baptist uh, pastor and his wife, um, they saw her in this orphanage and they adopted her and brought her back to America. She ended up giving her life to Jesus one day. At, at a church service and um, you know and her mom and dad were like hey you should choose a new name you're a new person uh, now she told me that as far back as she can remember every night Satan would come and manifest 
in her bedroom at night to her and remind and speak wonderful nice things to her kind things to her reminding her that that she belonged to him and she was his and she she loved that it was a treasure to her but then she gave her life to Jesus and they said, hey, you should give, choose a new name because now you're a new creation. Da, 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 da. And so she did, and she chose the name Sarah. And I wouldn't mention her name except it's pertinent to the story. And, and she uh, chose the name Sarah. And she said that from that night forward, Satan never appeared to her again. But another demon who was terrifying and horrible and scared to death would appear and tell her to renounce Jesus that didn't she realize she chose the name Sarah the name Sarah meant princess she was still Satan's princess and she would never escape him and she said every night since I gave my life to Jesus this demon has has appeared to me at night to remind me that I belong to Satan and I cannot escape she goes I went and I shared this with my foster mother or my adoptive mother and and adopted dad and they said that I'm now a child of of the Lord that this can't happen the devil can't do this um, to that it's just my imagination she said they began to make me feel like I was crazy and so I've not been able to talk with anybody about this because everybody thinks I'm crazy and I'm really troubled by it. And when I first saw you, I knew you were a man of God. And, and part of me was angry at you because I saw the things you did. And I was so angry because I was stuck with this demon terrorizing me every single night of my life. I don't want to be a Christian anymore. I love Jesus, but I can't go on with this. And it's not been taken away. But as we were down here and I prayed last night and I said, God, you have to take this demon away from me. Today at that service, God reminded me of my prayer and he said that you have what I need I really didn't know what to do. Nobody had ever come to me with something like this before. I mean, you know, you read about it in the Bible, you hear about it in stories in some far off land, but nobody had come to, to me and said, Mickey, hey, I'm your candidate. So I said as confidently as I could, well, I think what we need to do is pray because the Lord had spoke to me as she got to this point and he spoke one word, deliverance I'd heard about deliverance had read stories about deliverance seen deliverance in a couple movies but the church that I belonged to never taught about deliverance I didn't know anybody at this church that practiced deliverance But the word of God tells us what to do, doesn't it? So I said, I th we need to go and pray, but I'm going to need your youth leader with me so we can go pray. And the youth leader was one of those really well-hearted um, youth volunteers that was going to go on this mission trip to help provide the, uh, the oversight for the kids. Um, she was a wonderful woman, but you can tell that she was just kind of mainstream 
Baptist. I don't know how else to say that. And I didn't want to offend her or upset her, but I knew what needed to be done, or at least, you know, I read the book. So we went behind, there was this mess hall was where all the youth were gathered at. We went behind the mess hall and I said, hey, this young lady needs prayer and, and I need a prayer over her, but I don't feel it would be appropriate for me to pray over her without you. So would you join us? And she's like, oh, sure. You know, she was probably, uh, I'm going to say late 20s, early 30s. She may have been a little bit older. I can't judge age, so I don't know. But, you know, she was an adult. It's all that mattered to me. So we went behind this uh, mess hall, and I thought, well, you know, this is probably going to blow this young lady's mind away, so I'm going to let her pray first. And she, I said, why don't you go ahead and start us off in prayer? So the two of us are standing there, and the young lady's between us, um, and I got my hands laid on the young lady, and the youth leader begins to, to pray, and she does that really nifty, cute prayer, oh, you know, Lord... Uh, we don't know what's going on in this girl's life, but you know, and and God, that you would you would touch her life, and blah 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 blah. In the name of Jesus, Amen. And I kept thinking. I remember I kept thinking. I'm like, oh my, this is such a cute, nifty little prayer, and she's about to have her world blown apart. And I didn't know what was going to happen, and to be honest, I didn't know what to do. So I I, I start off my prayer, I lay my hands on this young lady. I said, Oh Lord. God, you know what needs done. I've never experienced this before, God, but I've read your book. And so I know that you are the solution to her problem. So God, I bring this young lady before your throne that you would deliver her. And immediately, when I said before your throne, just as I said that, this girl went into convulsions and screaming and I mean just like you would see out of a movie and I began to pray I don't remember all the words I said but I just began to pray whatever the Holy Spirit just put in my spirit I began to release through my mouth and I just spoke it and and I could see that the youth leader was just absolutely wide-eyed and terrified and not knowing what to do or what was going on completely confused and I I just kept going, and then all of a sudden, the spirit changed, the atmosphere changed, and her seizure stopped, and her screaming stopped, and she was just sobbing. And I looked down at her, and I said, How do you feel? And she said, I am free. And I left her with her, her youth leader because she was all crying and blubbering and stuff. And and uh, I left her with her youth leader. And the next, next morning she came to me and she gave me a giant hug and a little necklace with her name on it so that I would remember her. And she said, I can't thank you enough. This was the first night I was able to sleep. And that demon has never come to see me. We stayed in touch for years. And she told me that ever since that night, that demon has never been to see her, that she has had peace and joy, and she's in love with Jesus. Sometimes in intercession, you're going to be required to cast the devil out of a person. 
You can't be afraid of it. You don't have to know what you're doing. You read the book. Read the book. Take God for his word. I didn't know what to do. But I knew God knew what to do. My job was simply to intercede between this young lady and the forces of darkness on behalf of God. God does the work. Think about it. Be blessed and be the blessing.